and welcome to the History Department at Northern Kentucky University. This episode is part of an eight-episode series from the fall of 2021. As part of Professor Brian Hackett's Honors 320 Forbidden History class, students broke into eight groups to provide podcast episodes where they would discuss interesting events from regional history. We provide them here for you uncut as recorded, and we'll continue to provide additional content as it is created here on campus at the department's podcast studio. These first episodes are rough, but showcase that incoming first-year students can take the lessons learned over the course of a semester to create new and interesting content within a matter of weeks. We hope that you will enjoy these podcasts as much as the students enjoyed creating them. Hi, my name is Gwendolyn Bell. And my name is Lily Harvey. And our podcast is The Unexplained. Uh, We thought that this podcast would be cool if we kept all of our topics unknown to the other person. So neither of us know what we're going to be talking about. I'm going to go ahead and start off talking about the Darvaza Crater. (laughs) Turkmenistan is a landlocked country in Central Asia bordered by Afghanistan to the southeast and the Caspian Sea to the west. Here in the vast desert, a huge pit existing 69 meters by 30 meters deep was created in 1971 by Soviet geologists drilling for oil. The scientists hit a large pocket of natural gas, causing the earth to crumble, forming three large sinkholes. Fearful that the sinkholes would start to expel poisonous methane gas, the team set it on fire, hoping to burn, hoping the gas would burn out in a few weeks. But half a century later, the fire is still lit. Uh, this is nicknamed the door to hell or the gates of hell. This pit was uh, the cause of the removal of 350 tribal Turkmens from the nearby village of Darvaza, which is why it's called Darvaza's Crater, because it's a locational moment. <laughs> Um, the crater has been attempted to be filled various times by local government, with nothing resulting in a permanent fix. Any specifics regarding government intervention intervention with the pit is unknown since gas and oil were intensely sought after commodities in Turkmenistan during Soviet rule. Much of the crater's information in re- is repressed is repressed as top secret. Because of this, we don't know exactly where the fire when the fire was set what it was set with. Turkmenistan is not super big on global tourism, so organizing a tour or a personal viewing of the phenomena is very unlikely. So is like the government, they tried to fill it with stuff and the fire is just like not having it? Not one bit. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) I can imagine it would be hard. I mean, it's a like flame of glass. And isn't there anything in there? I feel like there's places in, I guess it's like all over the world, but like definitely, I could have sworn there's something in the United States like this too, when they were trying to, when they were like digging (laughs) for water maybe, and then, or like I know sinkholes have happened, and then like this, they've had this fire because of all like the gases and stuff, Mm -hmm. and the oil just keeps burning and it won't stop. Yeah, I think it's, like, relatively common, and I know that this, like, huge, like, this story of, like, a huge gas, natural gas fire being, like, a portal to hell is, like, common in other places, because, I mean, like, it makes sense, like, it's really deep hole, deep hole full of fire, like, of course, (laughs) um, but I don't know, and I know that, like, a lot of the... This was, like, the base for some other urban legends that are mm. kind of just, like, universal, you know? Like, everyone just kind of says, like, it's the same thing, but it's, like, actually, this is right here. <laughs> this is the real pit to hell. This is the real pit of hell, and, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, wild. <laughs> well, there's this, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Greek mythology. I want to hear it. But um, I don't know. I just think it's like interesting. So obviously Hades is the gatekeeper of hell and his wife Persephone so a lot of people this like also like might like feed into it too but a lot of people like think that when you drill so far down obviously you get diamonds Mm -hmm. and according to Greek mythology Persephone cries diamonds so I know they might they might know some stuff we don't know I don't know. Persephone, girl. I'll <laughs> cry or something. Um, but, yeah, so, like I was saying, it inspired a lot of urban legends. Um, and one of, like, the most, I guess, like, profound urban legend or, like, well-known version of the urban legend is in Russia, where, like, a borehole, which is a small hole, which is a small hole made by a drill looking for either water or oil, drilled so deep it broke through to hell like it did in the original one yeah um so at the core it's very similar but most of the details have just been shifted to like fit russia um and also i feel like anytime there's like a team of soviet scientists like you can just say whatever the whatever you want and as long as that's in there it's just like yeah no like of course yeah for sure yeah take their word for <laughs> it yeah what well, yeah it's well honestly and i guess i'm just like slightly ignorant on with myself but you know if you if you just read out in a critically acclaimed you know, scientist you don't do that much stuff good stuff <laughs> yeah i'm i'm on board yeah. Like, you could tell them, I was like, all right, you're a scientist. You must know what you're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Soviet scientists so elusive. Um, but, yeah, so there's a team of Soviet scientists ran by a mysterious man named Mr. Arkabaz, which is just, like, from... That's a name. I know. And he's just from, like, some place in Serbia. Like, nobody knows. He's just from oh, Serbia. So he's... It's kind of like Rasputin. He's just mystery man. Literally, mis- who knows? These have you ever seen Rasputin and Mr. Arkabaz? No, but they're both coming out of the same. Did you say the Soviet Union? Or- yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're probably weird stuff. They probably, they probably knew each other at least. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, just acquaintances. Um, yeah, so he drilled a super deep hole, fourteen thousand four hundred meter deep hole, which is like really big. Oh, I can uh, imagine. That's really a lot of yeah. meters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the scientists were interested in this really deep cavity, of course, and they put an incredibly heat-tolerant microphone into oh. the hole, yeah, and some other heat-safe equipment, uh, and found that it was 1,000 degrees Celsius, or 1,832 degrees Fahrenheit, which is insane that a microphone would be able to yeah, exist where... in almost 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. And the microphone, uh, of course, picked up screams from the dam inside oh. the hole because it is a pit to hell, so don't forget that. Oh, noted. Yeah, so... Interesting. <sighs> Bad day to be a damn where? soul, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, they got their own little podcast sounds like going oh, on down God. there when you drop the microphone down. Okay. How? Where do these people get this equipment? <laughs> A microphone that can withstand that much and still pick up screaming. In, like, the 70s. I mean, I don't know, like, no hate. I don't really know what equipment scientists have. Like, I'm <laughs> no not hate. updated on, like, what 
they like have on deck but i just feel like 2000 degrees is a lot of degrees it is it's a little warm a lot of degrees a little warm yeah (laughs) but i don't know i mean i guess if we have that technology i'm glad to be putting to like this good of use i'm glad he's picking up screens from Mm hell nothing else it is interesting yeah yeah so many scientists yeah. I got a lot of So this story, like this big uh, urban legend was introduced actually from an English-American domestic religion-based TV broadcaster. Okay. So we went across the pond. Just a touch. Just a touch. <laughs> uh, and he worked for the Trinity Broadcasting Network in 1989. And the network used the whole to proclaim the proof of hell, of course, because like evangelicals, like they have to mm-hmm. prove that. And this was supported by this man named Rendelin, who is a Norwegian teacher, who heard the story and decided that he, too, was aware of, like, this giant pit, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he claimed to not only that it was exactly a direct descending line to hell, but also he had seen a bat-like figure rise out of it before okay. tracing flames from its wings across the sky, which is, like, really lucky. Um Interesting. It's super interesting that he saw that. So I don't so, know. Like it might a be a pit to like, hell. Well, yeah. You can't the bat find that. Fi- I mean, they we don't. Have, okay, we have some options for what the ballet figure is. Mm-hmm. It could be a dark angel. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, a vampire, of course. We have to add that one in there. Yeah, I mean, bat, vampire. Yeah, really same, same difference. Yeah. And then Mothman. We can add him in there, right? He's got wings and he's scary. Mm-hmm. All right, so which one are we picking? Are we just deciding or, that this man saw? Or, you know, he could just be or a it could just be liar. A, <laughs> it could be a filthy... Yeah. I was about to say, or it could just have been a really big bat. Just <laughs> <laughs> a bat that, like, caught on fire. Yeah, like, maybe it was, he was like, being just truthful. dying across like, the yeah, yeah, just a really big bat. Exactly, that would be, that'd be horrible <laughs> to see. So that funny. the Soviet scientists haven't recorded yet. Yeah, what are they doing in there? What's <laughs> up? Um, yeah, so after telling all that whole story to the Broadcasting Network, he provided a very, very loose English translation of a Norwegian article, which is to say he, like, completely changed everything about it. Okay. Um, and it was actually about a local building expect- inspector, but he gave it to them and said, this literally means that, like, this pit is to hell. Like, this article... Is the thing that would verify that for some reason. Interesting. He thought that article would be the thing. And um, he thought people would believe this? Well, it go is along with it. American domestic religion based TV, so. So probably. You know, hitting the target audience. Honestly, love some trash TV. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's good. It's hard, it's hard not to fall in these holes sometimes. <laughs> Literally. Um, <laughs> Rendlin also. So uh, he also sent in the original Norwegian article, like the real one, plus his translation, his name, his real address, his phone number, and references to pastor friends who knew about the hoax, hoax and actively disproved of it. And they always told him that if anybody ever questioned them at all, like with any relations to any network or anything, they would deny it and like call him out for being a horrible liar. So needless to say, he doesn't he doesn't have good friends. They all just call him out. Oh no. Oh, they no, do I not have his guys. back at all. No, these are not his word or dies. No, not at all. I'm sad that yeah, I'm sad. But <laughs> he's actually like he's fine. They never 
never talked to them, of course, because oh. all of those things have exposed the truth yeah. and labeled Rindalyn as a liar, but the network never checked and aired the entire story anyway. Mm-hmm. Which is choices. Yeah, uh, well, that seems to be, you know, kind of a theme in our history. Yeah. I wonder where I've seen that before. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> well, I was relating it to this class. But I've been reading The Murder of Helen Jewett, and they, these reporters, do not care what they write about this woman. Like, at all. Like, they're trying to, like, the stuff they wrote about her, there's, like, three or four different versions of what her childhood was like. Each version, she has a different name, completely, from a different state. Doesn't, didn't even decide to check. Yeah. These people will believe anything. No, I mean, and whatever, just whatever will make the best story. True. Honestly, gotta, gotta sell those papers. Literally. Because if you don't sell it, then what's even the point? If, if, you, if it's, yeah, like, you either have a hole to hell or you have, like, a million dollars. Like, which one would you rather have? What a tough decision. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but after it aired, it created a lot of different variations of the story with, like, so many locations with, like, Doors to Hell. Um, one of the other really prominent ones that's U.S.-based is there's one in Alaska, excuse me, where 13 miners died after Satan himself jumped out of a fiery pit. Oh. That could only be assumed as hell. Okay. Yeah. Um. Remind me not to go to Alaska. Yeah, and don't get around I don't want to get fiery up pits. That. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's cool yeah, what up there, but like... Get around fiery pits. Just literally leave them alone. Yeah, just do your own thing. Sounds... No, no. Alaska might be cold. It might be nice to be around a fiery pit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what enticed them with it. Exactly. Okay. So... I guess now we can talk about it's kind of like in the same like realm like you talked about religion and mine is definitely um well interesting mine um doesn't so like yours kind of had an ending mine doesn't a little I'm bit so intrigued what could it be <laughs> well let me tell you <laughs> oh my god i'm on the free edge of my seat right now <laughs> so Mine is about the Loretto Chapel Staircase. Okay, so let me give you some background. So the mystery starts off in the southwestern part of the United United States, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Also, fun fact that will be, it's kind of like interesting just how everything like ties in together, but Santa Fe is known as the city of holy faith. I did not know that. Hmm. Do you know, is there like, why? <laughs> you know, couldn't tell you. <laughs> you just know it when you're there. You just feel it. I just know that that's what it is. Exactly. And I'm running with it. Well researched. <laughs> so in 1872, the first bishop of the diocese in Santa Fe, which I've been working on his name, and I should know it because I did take French, but we're not going to worry about that. Oh um, Jean-Baptiste... Lemmy. Yeah, we'll go oh with God, that. Oh my did you see that French person just ran right oh, into this room we, and we. pronounced that name <laughs> and then left? So, he's in Santa Fe, right? Mm-hmm. And he commissions a new construction, commissions a construction of a new chapel. Because he's like, we we can make this place cooler. Godly. Yes. Absolutely. Very. He sees the vision. Mm, oh, many. <laughs> <laughs> so, the 
chapel was to be constructed a year later in 1873, mm-hmm. and he wanted to name the chapel Our Lady of Light. Beautiful. So with the addition of the new chapel, obviously, we need the Sisters of Loretto to maintain the structure. Because mm-hmm. we can't just have this beautiful Lady of Light chapel without anybody working it. Yeah. Yeah, they got to show some love. Yeah. Give her all the love. She's new. Mm-hmm. So the chapel was to be constructed in the popular Gothic Revival style. And the whole chapel was designed by a famous French architect by the name of, bear with me again, mm-hmm. Antoine Moly. Moly? Yeah. Gorgeous. I know, right? Guacamole. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> not to make fun of French names. Um, no, I feel like that one was okay. <laughs> Thank you. But plot twist. You ready for this? All right. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Uh, our French architect, not that he bailed because he died, but he, <laughs> um, he died before completing the chapel. Man. He got all, almost all the way finished. But the only thing left incomplete that this man did not finish was figuring out a way to get up to the choir loft. Mm -hmm. So he has this choir loft, and then he has, like, the bottom, like, the main part of the chapel. Didn't, you know, forgot to build a staircase, just didn't get to it, Um, which is fine. But these sisters are like, okay. Well, now what? (laughs) So, the chapel itself is really, really small. Mm -hmm. To the point to where if they put in, like, an actual staircase, like, it just, like, it would take up the whole thing. Yeah. So, we can't do a staircase. Okay, now what are other options? A ladder. That would work. Easy fix. I would love to see a bunch of nuns going up a ladder. Well. Just sing to me. Yeah. <laughs> to, to God. Oh, you're right. You're yeah. Right. That was selfish of me. It was very selfish yeah, of you, Lily. Sorry about that, Gigi. Um, but the problem with the ladder is they're nuns. They got dresses on. They can't be going up a ladder and have the people down below be looking up their dresses. Whoa. That would not be very ladylike of them. Yeah. Why's the, mm. So the ladder's out. Mm-hmm. And obviously elevators were not a thing. We can't like, have an yeah. elevator. Yeah. They're probably no. old women, too. Who wants to watch a bunch of old women climb a ladder? Do you know how long it would take to watch, like, a, like it would 18, 60-year-old women climb a ladder? They're not all 60. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know what's going on in Santa Fe, New Mexico right. in the 1800s. Like, they, the length of life was probably, like, 25, so they were probably all, like, 16. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, so actually they could have, like, ran up that ladder. Mm, they could have tried to jump up there. Yes. Yeah, seriously. They should just got hops. <laughs> so now, since their old architect is gone, they have to set out to find a new one that's, like, willing to build them some sort of stairway to the choir loft. Mm-hmm. So they're going all over town, right? No one is helping these poor sisters. They're all telling them, sorry, can't do it. How do you not help a nut? I know, right? They <sighs> just that's so the mean. nerve of these people. So mean. It is. Like, poor nuns. So 
And he died in 1878. Mm-hmm. So he was working on this chapel for five years. Holy smokes. That's so long. I know. Five years and you, like, pass, pass after the final staircase. What a way to go. That sucks. But maybe it was, maybe, maybe it wasn't a coincidence. Oh, oh. Oh. Now let me finish. Okay. So you can hear it. I, I wonder how it would be a coincidence because I, like, what's going to be coincidental? I don't know. Let me tell you. Oh, please. So the sisters in 1878, after he had died, you know, that's when they're going all over asking uh, different carpenters in the area to help them. Fast forward to 1880, two years later. Okay. Still no one's helping them. Oh, my gosh. I know, not even like a nice little Christmas present. Man, that sucks. Yeah. So the sisters decide to kick it in gear, and they start to pray to St. Joseph. As they should. I was literally about to ask, like, where is God? <laughs> like, why? Well, he's about to show up and help them. Yeah. So, St. Joseph is the saint of carpenters. So, they, they definitely picked the right guy for the job. Yeah. Um, so, on the ninth day of prayer, they receive a knock on the door while they're praying. Okay. No way. A man, only by himself, and his little mule, carrying his tools... <sighs> Uh, knocked on the door, and he said that he was a carpenter, and he had heard that these women needed some sort of staircase to get up to their choir loft. So the sisters were so excited, and they were like, yes, yes, come in. Um, Whatever you need, like, we'll get it for you. This is suspicious. Um, And they wanted to observe his work because... Obviously, he was a godsend since they were praying for yeah, literally. him. So he is like, hold on. <laughs> I have a condition. I am willing to construct this entire uh, staircase for you, you know, free of charge. Don't worry about the money or anything. I just can only be by myself. You guys cannot be in here. I will work alone. You just, you can't observe me while I work. You know, it seems like a pretty simple request, honestly. Like, if mm-hmm. people can order my house to work, I wouldn't want to be around them either. No, and I wouldn't want to be around them, and I wouldn't want them to be around me. Exactly. Like, I just want to, you know, get in there, get it done, and leave. I don't know. So, you know, some time has passed, and the sisters are like, is he okay? Like, we haven't seen him. We haven't been in there. We need to go check on him. So they walk in, right? Mm-hmm. He's gone. And so is this little mule. Oh. I know. Oh, sad. Didn't even freaking leave the mule. I know. Didn't even get to say hi to the buddy. It sucks. So he's gone. The mule's gone. Tools are gone. Mm. Nothing's left. Mm. Except mm. a spiral staircase. Oh, whoa. Mm-hmm. Where'd it go? I think that mule went to work. Yeah. So... They're going, and the sisters are like, oh, my gosh, this staircase is so beautiful, but where is he? Like, we need to thank him. Like, I know he said we didn't need to, like, pay him, but we have to. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to. This yeah, is amazing. Nice. Better than anything we expected. So, uh, once again, they go out and are talking to all the different carpenters and, you know, like, lumber mills and all these people. And... They're like, do you know this guy? Like, we want to pay him um, because hopefully maybe you'll see him before we do. So all of the construction companies never saw this man. They never employed him. 
nor did they ever sell to him. Okay. So nobody knows who this man is, and he never disclosed his identity when he met the sisters. And I guess the sisters just never meant like for they forgot to ask because they were just so overwhelmed and like joyed that someone was Mm -hmm. here to actually help them after two years of searching. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into the nitty-gritty of this staircase because it's interesting. It and grit me. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a double helix staircase. So do you mm-hmm. know? Like a sweet piece of DNA. Yes. Or just like a spiral staircase. Yeah, well, like it's really not tight style staircase. Kind of. So like a spiral, spiral staircase, you know, has like the beam in the middle supporting mm-hmm. it. And then mm-hmm. like obviously like a double helix, like a DNA strand. There's nothing in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it's a double helix staircase. So now, since there's no beam in the middle, how is it standing? It's self-supported. So literally the weight of it is just, it's all just sitting on itself, somehow Mm -hmm. magically standing. Mm -hmm. And to this day, it's still standing. And they've used it, you know, yeah, a lot. Like they still use it. Have never had a problem with Sing it falling. It. It's yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> so, it's supported at its base. Okay. Here's the next weird thing too. There's absolutely no nails or glue used in the making of this entire staircase. Huh? At all. So this it's it's literally just sitting on itself. But it's one of the most like it's one of the sturdiest staircases that we have in the United States. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Must be a really good carpenter. Or that man, that mule, that mule and that man. Uh, yeah, the mule, I guess, knew some secrets that Probably, we Probably, yeah, I, I feel like the mule's doing more than we think in this situation. <laughs> so, the other weird thing about this staircase is it has exactly 33 steps. Now, I don't know if you know anything about the number 33 single thing. when it comes to like the Bible and everything. But 33 years old, like the 33 years was how old Jesus was at the time of his crucifixion. Oh, wow. And don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure there's 33 steps up to heaven. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. That makes so, sense. One forever B-Day for Jesus? Or Jesus? Yeah. So 33 is like a huge religious number. It's a very important number. So there's 33 steps to add on to this. Now, the most interesting thing I have to say about this staircase is the type of wood used for this. Oh, yeah, because he didn't buy any wood. I wonder where this wood came from. Yeah. He didn't, no one sold any. So how did he get it? Well, Mm. nobody knows. (laughs) And also, nobody even knows where this wood came from in the entire world. So scientists have routinely over the years tested the wood used in the staircase. And it's found to be from a spruce tree. Okay. You know, which is fine and dandy. Love a good spruce. But this particular type of spruce tree matches nothing, absolutely nothing recorded in history. <sighs> what a spruce. Yeah, literally nothing. It's not even remotely close to any other type of spruce tree recorded at all. Oh my all. gosh. It is, so, like, the way 
this would have had to have happened was he somehow found these little grouping of spruce trees, mm-hmm. cut them down, mm-hmm. and they just never grew again. <laughs> Ever. But I don't think that's the case because they they would obviously like be somewhere else in soil and just how pollination and stuff works. But yeah. anyways, so the closest spruce to the wood, the spruce wood used in the staircase is all the way in Alaska. What's going on with Alaska? Oh yeah, cause your thing was in Alaska too. Huh, hmm. weird up there. Really weird up there, <laughs> far away. Maybe that's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and like even this one in Alaska, like it's not even close. Mm-hmm. It's just the closest one. So, and here's also the other thing, too, that you have to think about is, like, this guy was by himself with his mule. Mule, yeah. And why would you take lumber from Alaska, go all the way down to New Mexico, carrying this lumber, enough to make a double helix staircase, Mm -hmm. spiral staircase, just for, you know, whatever. Thinking... Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Thinking. So, mm-hmm. the sisters, after, well, like, learning all this information, they think... Mm, yeah, what are the sisters thinking? The man that came to actually help them, since he worked alone, was St. Joseph himself, that they had been Whoa. praying to. And apparently, according to... Because I obviously don't have pictures of them, because that wasn't a thing... But, like, the paintings they have of St. Joseph were an uncanny resemblance to the man that came and saw them. And they said that they never put two and two together because they were just so stunned at the fact someone had came and helped them. Wow. Sisters, I'm going to look at St. Joseph again. (laughs) (laughs) So, that's... And they, like, still to this day, like, scientists, like, keep testing the wood nothing's popping up and architects do not understand how like this staircase should not be standing mm-hmm. at all do they like does it like hold weight are they on yes it? it's do they still use it yes they still use it they've used it ever since it was completed it's so weird like you know if someone told me like oh this like stairwell shouldn't stand i don't know if i'd use it <laughs> well yeah <laughs> well i mean i guess if it was touched by saint joseph like That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, everything is literally just... And his mule. And his mule. We cannot forget about the good boy. We know there's, like, at least one mule hair somewhere (laughs) in the cases of that staircase. But it's crazy that he just... They don't know who this man was or anything. All right, and that wraps up our Unexplained podcast. So, hopefully, you guys out there learned a little something new... And have a good rest of your day.